Welcome to Third and Long as we get rocked out by Electric Mary, the great Russell Brown. Third and Long, Australia's newest podcast series, providing you 360-degree access all areas past to all things in the NFL with a little bit of an Aussie twist. Now, it would be remiss of me, and hang on, I nearly forgot our sponsor as I was getting so wound up and excited in today's episode of uh, Third and Long. Third and Long is brought to you by Little Birdie TV and topsport.com.au. A big welcome to now, it's been confirmed, the Australia's number one Dallas Cowboys fan, Paige Cardona. Oh, wow. What a week to be a 49ers fan. <laughs> wow. Coming on here, dealing with you, Corey. Um, look, I very well might be after this week. I tell you what, if it gets worse after week eight... Um, Someone might have to lend me a Cowboys jersey because things are going from bad to worse in San Francisco. There's still a long way to go in the season and, and maybe not getting on the Cowboys bandwagon because it is getting rather large at the moment. But we'll welcome in Mark Goodwell. Now, Mark, I think at one point your uh, Patriots were looking like they were going to put 70 on the scoreboard on the hapless Jets, weren't they? Yeah, they were, uh, they were going long. Very well. Uh, you did call out for 70. They just eased up like a good uh, racehorse winning Corey, really. You know, they knew they were better than the uh, pretty poor Jets. And, uh, yeah, put 54 on the board. So, uh, unusual effort for the Patriots, who are usually a very conservative team. So, good win. It was. It sounded like remarkably like Liverpool, what they did to Manchester United, but we won't mention that. <laughs> now, normally top, top rope will join us later for all things betting NFL into the house, but an announcement will explain when we start to the house. And Paige, it's been a huge week in football. What's doing your rounds after week seven of this NFL season? Well, I tell you what, Corey and Marco, it has been certainly a big week in football, both on and off the field. There's plenty to get through, but we're going to start off from the top. And I want to ask you boys this question. Are the Bengals now the AFC North favourites? They have stretched a 13 to 10 halftime lead into a 41-17 final score and the statement win of the week. Sorry about that, uh, Marco. I know your Patriots were pretty good too. But Joey Burrow, 416 passing yards and three touchdowns. You've got rookie, rookie rather, rookie wideout, Jamar Chase, who I reckon now was the right right guy to draft at pick five uh, in the draft earlier in the year. He's caught plenty balls from Burrow, another 82-yard electrifying touchdown. Looks like he might be in the gun for uh, Rookie of the Year honours. Corey, I'd love to ask you first, how good have the Bengals been this year and is it realistic that we can expect them to potentially take out the AFC North? Look, I... I think when you see the other teams in the AFC North, really, obviously you got Baltimore. I would not ride off at the moment. They, I think they'd had a, a couple of big previous weeks. Look, they're doing great things. And, and I know that we mentioned on this platform a number of different times, I do love to see when teams in their journey to being a really good team can get some scalps. And boy, did they get a scalp. 
and they got my scalp because that was the last leg of my eight-game multi and it absolutely hurt me big time. But, uh, look, it it was just another great performance by them. But you would have to say the way they're playing at the moment, they're going to be favourites in there. They've also got Cleveland and Pittsburgh to contend with as well. A little bit off the mark, those two. But, Marco, this was the game that we thought was going to be the acid test for the Bengals. You know, the Baltimore Ravens have been fantastic in their last couple of weeks. They have knocked off some really good teams and, and have really turned around, you know, that opening week loss to the Raiders in overtime to just be continuously powerhousing through teams. Why was this win so impressive for the Bengals? Well, I mean, look at the scoreline. Um, you know, they went into Baltimore and, and did an absolute job on them. Um, and it was competitive up to a point as well. So they really pulled away in a strong second half. Um, whether they're favourites enough to win the division, uh, the math side of it says no at the moment. In betting terms, uh, Baltimore's still uh, just into the favourite, about $1.90 for the division. And just looking at the draws going ahead, uh, I still got Baltimore just winning the division, but uh, as I think Corey just spoke about before, they're going to have it in their own hands because they play, um, you know, Cleveland twice and they get to play Baltimore again. So, you know, it can swing really quickly if they take care of their own division. But um, I, I think it's pretty close. I've got them at the moment, Baltimore on 12, Cleveland and Cincinnati both on 10, but they're, they're definitely on the upward spiral. So I wouldn't be counting them out, but favourite, bit of a stretch right now. Joey Burrow and Jamar Chase there proving to be one of the most deadly combinations in football right now. But uh, some interesting franchises are jostling for the wild card slot in the AFC currently. And I know, I know it's only seven weeks, but when you take a look at the overall standings, it makes for some interesting reading. Corey, the uh, Patriots, the Browns, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos and Colts are all playing off for an AFC wildcard spot as we speak. Who would you have if you had to pick one right now? The two that I'd probably eliminate, and again, probably come back to bite me, but I'd probably take out Cleveland and the Steelers in that. I don't have a lot of faith in either. Look, I'm still thinking at some point the Chiefs may get it right um, and, and they'll come good. I do like what Mark's uh, Patriots, I, I think they've been pretty good all year long. It was only been a couple of times they went into Mark, I think it was overtime with Dallas, and then there was another game where they made a few errors and lost a couple of close ones. They seem like they're, they're on the right path with what they're doing if they're, with their season. If they eliminate those mistakes, I think they can get more wins. Um, Broncos, not yeah, not really excited about them. My Colts, now I'm not biased because it's the Colts. It does seem are. like... No, well, it does seem like Carson Wentz, after a bit of flack early, his actually performances have been reasonably good. He was reasonably lucky in the weekend, I will admit that. There were a couple of passes that could have gone anywhere, but the thing I liked the most, he won ugly. He found a way to win, even though he didn't play that well, and went into a tough spot into your beloved 49ers and managed to get the right result. So out of all those, there's, there's differing stories that are, that are bubbling along with some of those teams that are in there. Marco, can your Patriots realistically nab a wild card spot? They were fantastic. We've spoken about it already uh, on the weekend against the Jets, but uh, the Jets rather. So, how can the Pats now? What are they got to do to claim that spot, or if not, just lock in? Yeah, I think they've got to start. You know, they've got a big test this week against the Chargers at the Chargers. I think uh, you know you probably maybe a little week 
a week too early on the Patriots, it, you know, this will be a good really test for them to go into a, uh, a toughish venue, a team on the rise and just see where they're at, um, beating the Jets and stuff. You can't really get too excited about that. I'm a bit with Corey. You know, the six that you listed, uh, you know, I don't, I, I don't like Denver. I know they've got a really good defense at the moment. Pittsburgh have been pretty, uh, you know, I kind of earmarked them early. It's been a bit of a boring team and I, I don't think they've got what it takes to get to the playoffs. Uh, the other one is, is Cleveland. I just think the Browns, injuries aside, they get their best team back in time, but I just think they're in a tough division. They, they've got a pretty tough schedule as well. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Patriots there, everyone expects the, Col- uh, the Chiefs to turn it around, but all of a sudden now they're starting to you know run out of games. They can't really afford to drop one or two more that they have to win um, in order to put themselves in that spot. So, you know, if I was picking two at the moment, I'd probably go the Patriots and maybe the Chiefs. Uh, but, uh, you know, I think the Colts are, are the ones, you know, I don't want to pump up Corey any more than he's already pumping up himself, but the Colts are definitely the team for me that are, are, are on the upward curve. I think uh, they're getting more out of Wentz than probably what they thought. But, uh, yeah, that, that wide, the wide receiver Pittman was unbelievable the other day and their running back's going, uh, you know, probably um, Tennessee running back aside, Henry. Uh, you know, the Colts running back Taylor's going as good as anyone else in the comp at the moment. I think he's, he's going really well, so... Yeah, if I was, you know, I'd rule out three and pick three to answer your question. I like uh, Jonathan Taylor. He's got something about him, that's for sure. Big matchup this week. Obviously, the Titans and the Colts, probably one of the, the games of the week. But moving across now to the NFC, the top five teams currently are the Cardinals, the Buccaneers, the Packers, Cowboys, and the Rams. Only four losses between them. None of them have got two losses. And if you had to pick one right now, who would take the number one seed if tomorrow was the end of the season, Corey? Yeah, look, they're all – you can mount a case for all those teams. I mean, the Cardinals with what they're doing, even the Packers, I mean, still got Aaron Rodgers there, though this week they might struggle a little bit. The Cowboys just seem like they're building and they've probably got the most – the equal most amount of match winners on their team, the Cowboys, offensively and defensively. And then you got the Rams. But the one for mine, I always look at if I'm going to pick a team, even when they play bad, are they still capable of winning? And that for mine is still going to be Tom Brady and the Bucks. Hard to go past. What about you, Marco? Yeah, 100% agree. Still on uh, my ratings. Uh, the Bucks have got a very easy draw. I know you pointed them out early in the season. You had them going, I think, 10-0 and or 11-0 and to start after week one. Uh, you're not going to be far off by the end of the year. I, I've got them going 15 and two. I, I just think their draw is unbelievable. They don't have too many tough matches, and if they keep the key pieces in place, they'll, they'll finish on top. I think they'll just edge out uh, Arizona, who obviously got off to a flyer. Um, they'll probably beat them by by one at this stage. I've got 15, 14. So my money would also be on the Bucks. Well, one of these two teams is going to have. Uh, well, not one of these two teams, but potentially. One of these teams being the Packers. If they cannot get up over the Cardinals this week, then they will be the uh, only team in the NFC in contention there from the top five with two losses. So yeah. I think also, Paige, the, the, pa- the Packers look like they've got a pretty tough draw as well, um, which might count against them. Um, you know, they're, they're probably You're got, not wrong. Yeah, they've got one of the tougher schedules of those teams that you listed on the list. So they're going to have to play out of their skins to try and get probably – what, 14 wins? I think you'd have to get 14 wins right now the way the, the landscape lands. I think, think? so. 14 yeah. seems to be the safe bet, I'd say. Yeah, so I, I just think their draw's a little too tough to see them get, get at least 14. 
Now, one of the big storylines this week, we saw Tom Brady reach his 600th touchdown pass. That is more than double the next person on the list. It is incredible in this day and age what he's been able to do. That's 600 regular season if we're not talking about post or in anything in the preseason either. But there was one fan that was given the ball by Mike Evans and uh, Mike, well, he didn't realise it was Brady's 600th ball that he definitely wanted to keep and uh, Evans was in the, the knack of giving them away all day on the weekend. And uh, there was one unfortunate guy, well, maybe lucky, and then it became unfortunate, that gave back the ball on a request. Now... Corey, I want to ask you, what would you have asked for in return for Brady's ball? Look, it's one of those ones. If your auntie had whiskers, she'd be your uncle too. So the way I the way I look at this, <laughs> put it this way: if you went to the football before the game and they said, "Right, we're going to give you a signed jersey by Tom Brady. We're going to give you a season ticket in the next two years," you'd take it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. I, I understand after the fact that everyone puts a dollar value on it, but I don't know. I, I think the guy's actually done pretty well out of it from an experience point of view. He's got to, he'll end up meeting Tom Brady. Like I said, if you got given that before the game, you'd take it all day long. I know after the fact you can suddenly go, oh, gee, we could have got half a million dollars for a ball, but also consider, you know what, you've done the right thing and you've ended up with something pretty good. What about you, Marco? What would you have asked for? Different take for me, Paige. Marco, take the cash. No, of course he would. I, I would have called an Uber and I would have already left the stadium for mine. Um, <laughs> he I, would have legged it. I, I can't believe the guy was still there. I would, have, I would have definitely licked it out and I would have been straight onto an agent and would have been uh, sitting on the ball and uh, seeing what you could have got. Corey, he's going to meet Tom Brady regardless. It's what you can, you know, you, you can squeeze out wide without being on TV and, and be coming across, uh, you know, indifferent. But, yeah, I, I was surprised you were still in the stadium. I, I would have sent the ball home. And uh, just found out exactly exactly what it was worth. I think uh, is it right that they said afterwards that someone was talking about was it their first touchdown ball or his hundredth or something sold for over four hundred thousand not so long ago. Uh, so I know reports come out at half a million. Surely it's got to be north of that. I would have thought it would have head maybe to the million market sometime. So um, I know he gets as Corey said. If you if you meet Tom Brady, you get a shirt and all that kind of stuff. You'd take it, but it's a bit like getting a lottery ticket and then you know either not finding the ticket or realise it was from the draw from the week before or something. I think so. <laughs> I know, but also it's become that big of a story that whatever he gives him is still going to be worth more anyway because it had to do with that particular incident. So not everyone's looking at this the right way. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I would have asked for a date with Giselle. Personally, um, I feel like that would have been an adequate trade-off. Jeez, he might. Some may agree, others he, may not. But you know, it's yeah. beside the point, really, isn't it? Might have got something. <laughs> might have got something else other than a football, though, Paige. Yeah. From Tom, if he'd asked for that, I would have thought. <laughs> oh well, you know, don't ask, don't get. Uh, That's anyway, true. That's true. Uh, the Green Bay Packers alternate uniform, flat out looks like the Aussie kit. But all all jokes aside, uh, how good? Did that kit look? Is that not the best alternate kit we've seen so far this season? I think, yeah, look, look I, I love some of the alternate kits that they come out with. I think those ones are better than some of the Thursday night, um, yeah, action man figures they come out looking like uh, for the games on Thursday sometimes. I'm not a fan of those, but some of these retro ones and 
I've seen the Packers do do that a few times over the journey, though nothing close to something that looks like it's the Matildas or the or one of our Aussie teams. What about you, Marco? Yeah, loved it. Yeah, I think there should be a bit more of it. I know they do it for marketing purposes or certain reasons, but yeah, I was a big rap for it, and uh, yeah, looked good. So. I'm happy for Any throwback uniform is a big win for mine. I even like what the 49ers have done this year with their 75-year anniversary throwbacks. They look great. They look neat. Don't mind a bit of nostalgia in football, particularly given there's been so much, I guess, over the course of, you know, the AFL and the NFL and then the merger. Um, these teams that have, you know, been debunked and they've merged or they've gone here and there. I love a bit of paying, you know, paying homage to the past and a bit of throwback. It's good. I like it. It's fun. Now, we spoke about Derrick Henry last week and we said, this guy is insane. Yep, fantastic. We all know he's a very, very good footballer. We also know that the MVP tends to be a QB award. So what did Derrick Henry do this week? He threw it. Were you as surprised as I was, Corey, when you saw the King Henry go, stuff this, if it's going to be a QB's award, and watch me. Yeah, well, look, it's just a it's a great um, play that the Titans have now got in their arsenal, and it does remind me of um, if you remember a few years back that when JJ Watt was in the conversation about winning the MVP, and then it really went to another level. If you remember a couple of times, I'm pretty sure JJ Watt even become a tight end on some of the plays and started scoring. So if that's what has to elevate him into the MVP, because look, as we know, he's just such an amazing player that should be in the conversation. If you throw some more touchdowns, well, you could be looking at the MVP for this year. Marco, give it to me. What are your thoughts? Oh, it's not the not the first time he's done it either. I saw they they showed a couple of other times where he's uh, well, at least one that I saw that he, he ran the same play and 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 bit of a jump shot over the top. So um, it's it's a great play, isn't it? When they all when they all come down the line of scrimmage, expecting you know say how are we going to stop the truck getting in, and all of a sudden he, he leans back and drops one over the top. So yeah, it was a great play, and um, you know. I'll ask you guys, it's like how many yards does he have to potentially get to uh, in terms of, of putting himself in the conversation? I mean, there's got to be a measuring point, right, of, of how many he can possibly run. What, 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 what mark does he have to try and get to? If he gets to 2,000. Two. Yeah, I think two is the bench. I think with a player like that, you're talking, you know, his ability to carry the ball is one thing, um, but his ability to step through and shrug and break tackles um, is something that is so important to his game that elevates him, you know, above everyone else in, in terms of his position. So, yeah, I'm with Corey. I would say, yeah, the, the 2K mark would be would be about right. Well, I think it could be around that. But the other thing, let's not forget, if the Titans go through and end up with a seriously good record, you've got to weight that into it as well. So I don't think necessarily it's going to come down, even though it puts the exclamation mark on his entire season if he... I mean, if he rushes for 2,000 yards and then their record, you know, I mean, is a, is a crazy good record, it's hard to dispute it. I think sometimes it can get lost, the individual plaudits. You've also got to see how that team's actually gone. Problem is he might be coming up against a Brady who might be, say, 15-2 and two at the end of the year and he's averaging four, four touchdowns a go at the moment. So, you know, if he throws for, say, 50 touchdowns, stays healthy and leads him to 15-2, and two, then the conversation's over, isn't it? Yeah, and I think it has to be. And also you weigh into that. You're talking about a 45-year-old man, which is just so crazy. It beggars belief. <laughs> is he older than you, Corey? Or is Not he younger? Not as old as me. 
We both we both share something in common though, Paige. You both won an MVP. So. <laughs> I just loved that one up for him, Marco, yeah. didn't I? That was an easy oh, dunk. Give him give himself a lick if he was an ice cream, this man. Yeah. I tell you what. <laughs> I can't I we can't. do love him. Stop, we do love st- him. Stop giving him the love passes, all right? <laughs> Well, boys, that is it for front page news this week. We'll be back with more next week because there's always more to talk about in Well, welcome back. It is time now for To The House, brought to you by topsport.com.au, family owned and operated for 35 years. You can bet with the bookie you can trust. Bet with topsport.com.au. Over to you, Marco, where you bring it to the house. Thanks, Corey. Uh, this is uh, obviously the segment where we uh, normally bring in uh, the great man, uh, Nick Top Rope Tedeschi. Uh, he just quickly, week seven, he went three and two again to back up uh, his three and two on week six. So we'll just bring his season tally now to 19 and 18 in terms of his lines and total bets for the year. Uh, the reason why Top Rope isn't joining us today, uh, fellow, fellow panellists know, is that Top Rope and his wife, Louise, uh, had a baby on Monday. So uh, another one to the little birdie family there. And uh, Harry was born, uh, mum and bub both doing well. Not sure about the dad. I think he's uh, gone into uh, a coma a bit with uh, the adjustment of not being able to watch sport every day. But uh, that's the reason why Top Rope won't be with us here this week. And we congratulate both uh, all the Tedeschi family and uh, we hope they're enjoying their week with their new addition. So we will move on to the boogie wrap for the uh, for week seven, and we'll just run through the statistics really quickly. The favourites won uh, nine out of 13. Again, we had a shortened week uh, this week, so it's all out of 13. Seven line covers and a very low-scoring week with five over total. The home teams were pretty dominant this week uh, with nine out of 13. You can see with the season wrap, uh, favourites are running very low at 63% so far. The uh, the dogs are, are covering the favourites at the moment, 46%, and it's a low-scoring season to date at 44% uh, to the over. And the home teams are struggling also. Uh, they've just clicked over the halfway market, running at 52%. We move on to uh, quickly Top Rope's uh, results from Week 7. He had five posted for the punters. You can see there he went three and two. Um Got off to a, uh, a disappointing start, lost by one point there with the uh, the Denver result with Cleveland uh, kicking the field goal to win by three. One in the Carolina total under easily. Uh, never got near it, unfortunately, in the KC, Tennessee. Tennessee just obliterated KC's defence there and come home strongly with uh, Tampa Bay, which was his best of the week. They covered easily and then... Uh, he tipped into Corey's Colts on uh, plus five and a half and they won convincingly as well. So with that being said, we will now move on to uh, week eight and we've got eight matches to cover as we normally do. So we're going to run with uh, Corey and Paige's tips for this week. So that'll be interesting. We'll see how they are. Well, we don't have to beef Corey up anymore. He's 7-0 and shooting for 8-0 and and uh, Page is now two in a row, so I'll be interested on their thoughts. We're going to kick off with the first game of the week. It is uh, Green Bay at Arizona uh, at 11.20 on the Friday on ESPN. The line here, guys, has moved quite significantly on the back of Adams being out as a wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. He's definitely in about, what, the top three receivers at the moment. So the line opened three and a half, now six and a half to Arizona. They are undefeated on seven and oh. A good size total here at 50 and a half. Guys, what do we think here? We've got both teams who have basically won 13 between them now. 
Um, and other than the big out, Arizona have dominant third offense, second ranked defense. What are our thoughts here, Corey? We'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, it's a bit disappointing. Adams is out for this game, and uh, we were given a little bit of a gift because the the Thursday night games we've had thus far, other than I think there was maybe one other game, have been a little bit underwhelming. Look, it's uh, yeah, with Green Bay going into Arizona, if Adams was in there, I'd really give him a shot. But I, I don't know. I think for mine, Arizona just going to have too many weapons at home. Um, and that look, the pack, they won't be able to make up for that absence. Paige? Yeah, I'm with Mr. 7-0 and o here. I think uh, <laughs> I don't like it. That's like a nice ring to it, does it? Um, yeah, I, I just I can't see the uh, the Packers being able to to get anywhere near, near the Cardinals. You know what? I would have had the Cardinals even with Devontae Adams in this uh, Packers side. I just think that the Cardinals' defense right now is just – so, so supreme, and um, we're not speaking about how good they are enough, and I think they're going to cause some serious problems for uh, for Aaron Rodgers. Yep, fair enough. Looks uh, pretty convincing here. I, I agree with them. I, I just think uh, Arizona on their home deck, travelling really well at the moment, both sides of the ball, and I just think it's too big a loss of we've discussed with Adams being out. So uh, the money might continue here for Arizona. Winning and, form is good form. Yes, might be. Uh, they might be joining... Uh, Corey on 8 no by uh, next week, Paige. Unbelievable. I can't be dealing with this again for another week. I've had enough. <laughs> All right, we move on to the second match that we're going to cover. We move to our Monday matches at 4 a.m. Uh, on ESPN. We've got Miami travel to Buffalo. Buffalo, very strong favourites here, a line of 13.5, a total of 49.5. This is a divisional matchup, guys. Uh, we've got teams heading in different directions at the moment. Miami uh, have lost six in a row. Uh, why Buffalo is sitting four and two off a bye. They should be fresh. Uh, it appears to be a mismatch. How do, Corey, do you, how do you see it firstly? And it is a mismatch. That's why I'm going to continue on and go to go to eight zip after this game. I like the line of Buffalo of minus 13 and a half. It appears that top road, he's not convinced he's gone the other way, which we'll get to later. But look, the Buffalo uh, off a bye week, they crushed the Dolphins 35 to zip in week two, and I cannot see that improvement with their visit into Buffalo. Yeah, this is going to be a whitewash, I think. Um, even with Tua back at the helm there, I just don't rate what Miami are doing. I think, you know, in terms of play calling, they leave me a little bit lost and confused, so I, I can't even imagine what's going on in, in terms of the offensive line and, and what the wideouts are thinking. They're just a bit all over the place right now, Miami. It's disappointing for them. They, they came in with high hopes this season of making some good inroads after what they did last year. So it's just not their year. I think they've taken just a, a slight backwards step. And we know Buffalo are, are quite a supreme unit at the moment. They, they're going to win this one comfortably. Oh, a bit of a spoiler alert there from Corey. I think he's, he's, he's tipped out two of the four selections for our best bets later on, which we'll discuss. Okay, we'll move on to the third match. This is another 4 a.m. game. This one will be shown on 7, mate. It's uh, Pages X49ers, we'll call them now, travelling traveling to Chicago, the Windy City. Uh, Paige, your, your team's still favourite here, an away favourite, line of three and a half, very low total of 39 and a half with both offences going appalling. Uh, where do we start with this match? You know, um, 49ers have lost four on the trot. Chicago have lost two on the trot. Page has now jumped off for the Cowboys. Um, but geez, this looks like a messy match to me, Corey. Have you got a pick or uh, would you stay out here? 
I stay out, but you know what? I'm going to let Paige, considering it's her team, I'll let her take the floor and let her build a case of why her 49ers are actually going to go into Chicago and do well. I haven't got one. Um, <laughs> you haven't got one? <laughs> nah, look, I, I think, you know, there's there's been so much... Um, there's been a lot of movement in the offensive line for me looking at the 49ers. Um, you know, you've had Jimmy G come back into the side. Um, Trey Lance was there at QB. Two completely different um, QBs that played two different styles. So you're asking two different things of your wideouts, your running backs, that sort of thing. Um, Brandon I needs to pull his finger out. We've not seen him do anything this year. It's all been left up to Debo Samuel, who who just continues to truck on. He's been phenomenal this year. I think he's been the shining light. George Kittle uh, didn't play last week. He had a calf injury. So fingers crossed he's back because he makes such a difference. And, you know, in, not just in terms of his blocking on the line, but also his ability to go and catch and get into the end zone. So if if the 49ers can kind of bring it back to the simplicity that they were, you know, peddling out early in at the start of the year and then use Justin Fields when they're in the red zone... I think that they're going to be able to hold off the Bears, who really aren't tracking too well. But um, I would be very, very, very fearful if the 49ers can't get this done. They haven't won at home at all year, and uh, that's disappointing for fans who've been locked out of that stadium at Levi's for quite a while with COVID. And if the trend's going to continue, it means they're going to go to Chicago and win and then come back and lose the following at home. So... Um, Really, if they lose next week on the show, there might be a bit of page rage. So, um, <laughs> I'll tell you what, that might be a new segment. <laughs> That's very good. Geez, I, t- I tell you what, Corey, when you asked Paige to make a case and she said she hasn't got one, lucky she didn't have a case because we would have been here for <laughs> half an hour. That's a, that's an unbelievable assessment of a game that a, where that was an Andrew. That was an Andrew Marson option. Look, you know, I'm. Uh, we're bringing the best here for our for our loyal viewers. We want to give them the best information possible. I like it. Our That's AV why go- I'm here. Our AV guy was about to throw to an ad break, come back and finish it. So <laughs> it's like the Oscars. <laughs> get the music out next time. <laughs> Find her. Right. All right. We'll finally get on to the fourth match uh, of the uh, of the uh, four a.m. Sorry, the, yeah, third match of the four a.m. We've got Pittsburgh Steelers. This is a divisional matchup. Pittsburgh traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns. The Browns are three and a half point favorite here, guys. The total is forty two and a half. We've basically got the second, uh, the sorry, the twelfth ranked offense in the Browns against the twelfth ranked defense of the Steelers. Both have winning form coming in. Uh, big game for both here. How do you see this one, Corey? Yeah, it's a it's a huge game. As we went over before, you, you've got both of these teams trying to keep pace in their in their division. And um, look, it's it's massive trying to keep pace with the Ravens and the and the Bengals in the AFC North. The Browns they've got injuries everywhere at the moment. Um, still got a defense that ranks third in the in the NFL in the rush defense. If they can keep Page's favourite, Najee Harris can I love that guy. You love him. He's your, <laughs> your favourite. Other than the Cowboys, he's your second favourite. Uh, then the turnovers will come against uh, Big Ben, who really is a bit of a shadow of him for former self. I think it'll be a close game. Uh, but I think maybe in this one, Cleveland at home. Okay, Page, disagree or agree? Yeah, I agree there. I just, uh, they are so banged up, Cleveland. Um, running back, wide out, QB, you name it. They've, they've got issues. Um, 
they held off last week, didn't they? So Pittsburgh, well, they're going to come out and just want to bash them up. I think these two teams hate each other. So uh, might be a physical match, this one. Yeah. But uh, I'll, I'll have Cleveland just, but I'm not confident. Yeah, it looks like a bit of an ugly match scoring-wise, I guess. But as you said, they'll both be very physical and it's, it's always worth watching these kind of games. So uh, looking forward to it. Not probably a betting op- option for myself, but uh, definitely look forward to watching that one. Okay, we get on to the fifth match to the TV games this week and we have got um, some pretty ordinary cattle going around here just quietly. We've got, Was- <laughs> we've got Washington Washington with no name uh, travelling to the Denver Broncos. Uh, this will be shown at uh, 7.25 Melbourne time and 7, mate. We've got uh, the home team here, Denver favourite at minus three flat, a lowish total of 43 flat. Guys, this form guide does not read well. Uh, Washington are two and five. They've lost three straight. Denver have now, after opening three and zero, no one really bought into them. They've now lost four straight. Uh, even though they've got the fourth best defense in the comp, uh, how do you see this one, Corey? Can the Washington cause the upset in Denver? Uh, I was nearly going to be harsh and say I don't really want to see this one, but you know what? Any football on Mark this time of year is great football, so let's not complain because if it was off, we'd be bloody complaining. That's true. Um, look, I, I probably like that points total of 43 in this game because Washington don't traditionally set the world on fire and they're up against a great uh, defense in the Broncos. So, look, Teddy Bridgewater's really got to pull his finger out. Um, but, yeah, probably not the game that we're looking forward to, but still a game of footy. I would imagine Denver, based on their defense, should win this game. Okay, Paige, any chance, Washington, for you? Hey, what's wrong with Taylor Heineke, okay? Why the hate on Taylor Heineke, all right? Great story. Shocking footballer. Great story. We love a great story here at Third and Long. But, uh, now, in all seriousness, um, you know, part of me... Part of me thinks there could be a little bit of an upset here. Um, I, I think that there's there's some issues for, for the Broncos on, on the O-line and that's meant that Teddy Bridgewater has been sacked nine times in the last three weeks. So opposition defences are not only getting the pressure onto the uh, opposing signal core, they are pummeling him into the ground now. Washington, they're pretty good. They've they've done a lot of work in their defense. They've actually built this defensive unit up really, really, really well. So I would not be surprised if if Washington got up at all. I'm staying away from it from a betting point of view. I think like Corey, I'd go to line the uh, the total here. Yeah, I think I th- yeah the the under total is, but uh, yeah, it's not a betting one for me. And the, you know, let's let's move on to the next match because the next matches are much better. Uh, viewing point from the optics, we've got uh, the defending champs, Tampa Bay, travelling down to New Orleans to take on the Saints. Also at 7.25 on ESPN, uh, there's been solid support here for Tampa Bay early. Uh, opened up at 4.5, now just moved to 5 flat. They're away favourites. Got a good size total here at 50.5, so expecting some points. Uh, we've got uh, positive stats here in this game. Tampa Bay obviously won four in a row. They're six and one. Uh, the Saints have even now won two in a row. And I like the matchup here. We've got Tampa Bay with Brady, second best offense against the Saints, third best defense. This is a divisional matchup. Uh, one of the better matches for the week, Corey. Are you keen on either side? Uh, look, I think at the end of the day, I'm still pretty keen on Tampa Bay, the way that they're tracking at the moment. Even that said, uh, the Saints are very good defensively, but look, I, I actually 
like that line of Tampa Bay at minus five. Um, I think it's pretty conservative. I, I, I think that if, and I expect them to win, I think if Tampa Bay win, they'll win by double digits. I like it. Very confident. Paige, uh, any chance the Saints at home? Yeah, no. I look, very, very much have liked what the Saints have done this year, given it's been a new era under Drew Brees. But Brady and Co are on an absolute tear at the moment. Um, there's options everywhere. You just can't stop them all. And um, and for me, that they just run too deep. I think you know Mike Evans had a phenomenal game last week. Does he produce the same this week? No, but literally four, five, six other guys can do the same thing. So. That's the that's the presenting problem for the Saints. I don't think they're going to get close. I think, as Corey said, this is going to be double digits. Okay, both keen on Tampa Bay, and you'll see a bit later. Uh, I think I'm going to join the party there with uh, Brady and Co. Okay, we move on to uh, the seventh game of the week. This is our uh, late game on the Monday at 11.20am, shown on ESPN for those who are following. Uh, this is a good matchup. I'm looking forward to this matchup. Uh, we'll be all clued in, especially Paige, number one ticket holder of Dallas. Uh, we've got Dallas travelling to Minnesota to take on the Vikings. Uh, early question mark on Prescott, but it looks like he's going to play. Um, you know, the line here opened just Dallas at minus one, now moved to two and a half. So there's good support for Dallas Cowboys. Uh, they have won five straight now. They've got the number one offence in the comp. Um, and Minnesota, after a slow start, they've got it to three and three now. They've won their last two games. Minnesota very balanced both sides of the ball, whereas Dallas more explosive, obviously, on the offence. Uh, both off the bye here. Corey, how do we see this one panning out? Hang on, I've got to get something. Hang on, hang on. Oh, no, he's leaving. Oh, jeez, what's he doing? Hey, just for you. Oh, God. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'll just wear that like that. <laughs> Tuck it in the page. <laughs> you can, yeah, good. It can catch all the dribbles like, coming from here. I'll be, I'll be doing this like Zeke. <laughs> Eating. Oh no, God. no, but I look. Either way, I, I think this will be. It's, a, it's an underrated, really good matchup because Minnesota. You wouldn't want to be a Vikings fan this year with the amount of close calls that they've had, um, and even Dallas for that. Um, on that, on that same conversation, have had some close games as well. So, it. it I think, yeah, it will be one of the games of the round. Dallas going into Minnesota. I would, I'm only going maybe Dallas just, but I'm not picking them with any sort of confidence. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a good matchup. Paige, what are your thoughts here? Surely you're going your new team. I tell you what, like, I no. just, I'm just going to start by saying the Vikings at 222 at home is serious value. Any team at home. That he is in the twos is value. It, we're just going to start by saying that. Um, Mike McCarthy knows his road trip well from his days with Green Bay, so uh, that's going to be pretty interesting. Don't know. Yeah, again, we speak about winning form is good form. Um, what if the Cowboys haven't done anything to suggest that you know they're going to just kind of drop away, are they? So, um, and you said you know the Vikings have had some some close calls, a couple of heartbreakers, and. They'll be looking to Delvin Cook, I think, to really, you know, put the pressure on on the defense um, for the Cowboys. And uh, I'll be watching Trayvon Diggs with hawk eyes in this game uh, because I can just feel another pick coming on. I can just feel it. We're going to have eight so far for the year. Um, he is a weapon. I love watching him. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I did say off air that I think the Vikings might win this. 
Geez, you might have to pick another side the way you're going here. Ah, oh, look, you Go. know what? I'll take the Cowboys. We'll All just right. continue. Stick on. fat, All stick right. fat. Yep. All right, very good. Uh, not much consensus there. I, I look forward to this match. I, I think uh, the Cowboys, this is a bit of a statement game for them. If they believe the hype or the hype around them and stuff, I think this is a big match to go in, beat a quality side and, and really move to the top echelon of, of the rankings, I think. Uh, Minnesota, as Corey said, they've had lost some close ones. Uh, Dallas have lost one close one. But, yeah, I, I actually think the money will continue for Dallas here. And if I was having a wager, I think that's the side I'd go. Okay, we move on to our Tuesday game, the last game of the week. Not so great this matchup now. Um, it's 11.15 on ESPN, but we all will be watching because, as Corey said, football's football. We have the Giants travelling to the Chiefs here. Um, would have been very lopsided a couple of weeks ago. Not so now. We've got the Chiefs at a line of 10 flat, total of 52.5. So expecting some points here. So one way I would expect from the Chiefs because the Giants don't exactly put up big numbers. The Super Bowl favourites here, pre-season Super Bowl favourites, I should say, Corey. Um, is it getting down to last chance Chiefs? Is it all or nothing uh, if they don't put the W on the board against the Giants this week? Look, I don't know about last chance, but when it comes to matchups like this against the Giants, I think they've this is their chance. If they're really going to get any momentum going into the second half of the season, can they do what the Bucks did last year when they started really you – know, I mean, a bit slow and a bit disjointed – Reminds you of Kansas City at the moment. I don't mind that line of uh, minus 10 for the Chiefs because I'm, I'm actually going to – I think I picked them in the preseason and I'm going to stick with them and I'm going to go with that line of minus 10 and I think the Chiefs will uh, do a number on the Giants. Okay. Paige, what are your thoughts on this game? Line of 10 either way for you? Well, I'll tell you what. The Chiefs can get it done if the Chiefs' O-line gives some protection to uh, Mahomes who's just getting picked off, hit and pressured left, right and centre. So – a lot of this game is going to come down to the O-line, I think, for me. Um, they should be able to handle New York, as Corey said. Um, this should be really a, a big wake-up call for them. I, I haven't been impressed with them whatsoever, the Chiefs. And they've got the Packers the week after. So they'll need a tune-up before they run into a pretty good team who's been on you know, very good form. So for me, the Chiefs just have to win this to, to kind of get back not only a bit of their mojo, but probably also a little bit of respect for themselves too. They've been shocking. So it's it, you'd, you'd think they're going to win and they're going to win big based off what that total's looking like, Marco. Yeah, any concern with Mahomes of uh, the hit he took last week? Or wasn't didn't look good. No. And he was slow to get up and I think he's going to be okay. But, you know, Could a be a Mahomes bit on... It could be, but I think a Mahomes even at half rate against a, an outfit like the Giants is going to still be enough to get the job done. Um, it maybe won't be so phenomenal. They might have to really lean on the run game a little bit rather than him constantly throwing. So it's something for the uh, the Giants to watch. Yeah, look for the Chiefs to get out early. I think uh, if, you, if you think they're going to put a number on the board, I think the Chiefs will want to get up and about, get the crowd behind them and uh, get out to a fast start. So it'll be interesting to see how the first quarter shakes out there. Okay, guys, that is the eight games uh, previewed for the week. Hopefully we've found you a couple of winners. Uh, if you like what you hear, not so much from uh, – 
us three, but uh, Top Rope will still uh, send out his uh, five best totals or lines for the week. So if you like what you hear, please get along to Little Birdie Pod. Look for To The House. You can get his tips for $22 a week. And if you are serious about your NFL punning, uh, one of the men to follow is uh, Top Rope Tedeschi, the new dad. Get behind him, support him, and let's see how he, uh, how he goes for week eight. Okay, next what we're going to bring up and have a little discussion with our two other panellists is the Super Bowl odds. Uh, so we'll just get the graphic up on the screen here. And if you guys probably – I'll just run through them quickly. We've got uh, Brady's Bucks here, uh, clear favourite – well, not clear favourite, solid favourite at 540 with Buffalo Bills not too far behind at $6. We've got uh, the LA Rams, probably a bit of a surprise packet earlier, I would have thought, into 950. The undefeated Cardinals at nine seventy five. Then we're out to Pages Cowboys at eleven dollars. Uh, top ropes Ravens at twelve dollars, and then we've got the Packers at twelve dollars also. And Corey McKernan tipped the Chiefs early, and they're out to fourteen dollars. And over the page, you see probably the Titans, uh, maybe the value pick on the second page, maybe with the Chargers who are going okay. And as we said, the Browns have got some injury concerns at the moment. Guys, just one pick each. If you're going to have a bet this week, which team would you be looking to wager on? Uh, I like the value. Maybe Dallas. Interesting. You stole my thunder. Oh, my God. You're both on the Cowboys. Uh, wow. You know what? I'm, I'd, I'd, I'd <laughs> seriously, uh, seriously have a look at the Titans. I really like what they're doing at the moment. Okay. And they got one yep. guy in particular. The quarterback, Tannehill? Oh, yeah, he goes all right too. He I goes suppose. okay. Okay. All right, so we've got uh, Tennessee and uh, the Cowboys, interesting enough, from uh, Corey there. So that's the updated odds for the Super Bowl. Uh, now we will move on. Corey, I think you can uh, intro uh, what our best bets of the week are. Yes, each week our panel of four will be granted $100 to invest and it's sponsored by topsport.com.au. Topsport is Australia's biggest betting bookie. Bet where the pros bet and where I'm now seven and dip about to go eight and zip. So, Marco, yes. I'll let you take it away. All right. My favourite part of the week, really, at the moment, I hear about it for uh, a full week and now I've got to address this. So our week seven results as we go to the graphic, uh, we can see uh, that uh, I, I don't know if it's is it our first week where all four have delivered, Corey. You've been uh, the accountant on. Uh, oh, it's, a, it's about time you all pulled, pulled your finger out. I just, I mean, the I heavy- told you that seven and a, 17 and a half line was generous, Marco. Yes, you did. Yeah. So, it's, it's okay. I didn't disagree with you. Um, hey. just, just a big number they to make- give up. But uh, as you can see there, lucky enough to go 4-0. and oh, You can see the overall results now. So uh, the total is getting up there. I uh, see the AV guy here. He's put Corey down a peg. He won't be happy with that. He's you do uh, that again, Borgo. There's going to be trouble. <laughs> He's gone to 7-0. and oh. Nick and uh, Paige at solid 4-3. and three. And, uh, you know, I'm one out, of, one out of one. I'm getting on a roll, uh, bringing up the yeah, tail it's, there. It's, service, it's serviceable. It's all right. It's yeah, good. total's getting up. So we're we're approaching halfway through the year and we're, uh, I think, what are we, about 1,600, somewhere around that facility, if my maths is correct there on the quick graphics. So we're building the total nicely for Walk With Me Online. Okay, guys, now it's time for the week eight selections, the all-important selections. We'll, we'll kick off with the 7-0, trying to be 8-0. Uh, hashtag 8-0, he calls himself for the next week. <laughs> hashtag. Uh, okay, Corey, lead us away. What have you got? I've gone Buffalo at the minus 13 and a half against Miami. And it seems like someone else has had a contrary. Uh, won't there be to be a spice in this game now? 
Jeez, I tell you what, last week you had to take on Paige with your Colts against the 49ers. This week, uh, Easy. This, this week we're taking on Corey's going the minus in the Buffalo and to show that we do our things all independent, our tipping that Nick Toprope has sent in. He's going the opposite side at Miami plus 13 and a half in that game. So someone will be up and about for next week. Paige, what have you got for your tip? Uh, the Bengals. I love this matchup. Minus nine and a half against the Jets. Give me that and, yeah, that'll be done. We we'll like be making it. bank again next week. Yeah, well, the money actually opened eight and a half and thought it was a good bet there. Moved to nine and a half this morning. Now we're currently at ten and a half. So Paige is locked in there. Myself, I'm going to uh, go with Tampa Bay. I think we talk about him as one of the TV games. Uh, like Brady, big matchup, I think minus five for Tampa Bay to try and get me to uh, a two-win streak would be nice. Okay, uh, Paige, we're on to uh, the Super Bowl party competition. Take it away. Uh, well, boys, every week we've got a couple of Super Bowl party tickets to give away at our end of year get-together. Of course, every week we put the tweet out on Twitter asking you to tell us who wins out of the, uh, the, ooh, the Thursday night game, which is Friday morning Australian time. Give us the... Uh, the winner and the margin and the closest to the marker, all those that are, you know, Nostradamus and hit it right on the head, will win a ticket for themselves and a mate at the end of the year to come and party with us. Now, uh, we're going to announce as well, week seven was Michael Ty who got the correct score. We're just going to quickly roll off a couple of winners from the previous week. So we got Ben Curico. Uh, we did have a winner in week five because I was on the little birdie beers and forgot to post. Uh, we've got Kamar Fever in week four and Nick Fraser from week three. So we're going to add these up every week so you guys can get along, see who you're going to be partying with and hanging out with and uh, look for that tweet Thursday night. It's going out. Reply to it and whoever is closest to the marker, come and party with us. Well, thanks, Paige. That's another show in the can. Thanks to the third and long crew led by the magnificent Borco. You can follow us on YouTube. Find us at the Apple Store on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you happen to listen to your podcast. Follow us on socials at Little Birdie TV and Third and Long TV on Twitter and Instagram. And remember, for all your action can be found at topsport.com.au. Invest wisely, punters, and enjoy week eight. <laughs>